You're listening to the Creepy Kingdom Podcast Network, covering and creating all things creepy. Visit creepykingdom.com to get access to all of our articles, videos, and podcasts. Join our Patreon for exclusive content. Patreon.com slash Creepy Kingdom. Now it is time to open up the gates. Creepy Kingdom proudly presents The Dark Theme Park Show. Hello and welcome to the Dark Theme Park Show, Creepy Kingdom's podcast about theme parks. I'm your host, Mr. James H. Carter II, joined by Sir Florida Man Grant. Hello, everybody. And we are back after a, uh, a, a hiatus, and it's, uh, it was an extended hiatus, <laughs> funny enough, because we actually recorded an episode a few weeks ago. I, don't, I mean, I don't really remember when it was, to be honest with you, <laughs> but it was a few weeks ago, for sure. Yeah. Uh, um, and we were, the topic of which we were um, going to be updating uh, listeners on your attempt to travel to Japan's theme parks, which you're going to get into in a moment, uh, briefly. Uh, and the other part was just kind of an update on um, all the th- things with the openings of the theme parks and all that stuff. And since... Um, the episode was not released for various reasons. <laughs> uh, just and then, but by the time it got time, it was like, all right, let's put this episode up. I was like, wow, everything that we talk about in this episode is outdated. <laughs> so I was, I was like, wow, um, probably uh, should just scrap it and move on. Uh, but one element of that episode, or two, but one that stands to be true, which I said was, you know, we had taken a, a pause before that because of the state of the world um, and and the just it just seems like to just take a moment and focus on some more important issues than theme parks and movies and if you want to hear more about my thoughts and about what creepy kingdom is going to be doing as a company to um, to fight for equality for uh, for everybody <laughs> That's the, the that's the, blunt, the fast blunt way of saying it. Uh, I, I have several statements on the Creepy Kingdom website, all about it. So we're, I'm not going to discuss it here, but I just I didn't want to brush over that in case you're just a podcast listener and you're like, oh, they're just not even going to talk about how the world's completely changed in the past month. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but we are going to talk about that because it definitely is going to tie into today's topic, uh, the main topic of this podcast for sure. But before we jump to that, I do want to, uh, you know, just let give Grant the opportunity to do a follow up to a series of podcasts we did a while back. Um, while he was discussing his attempts to travel to Japan uh, this summer to uh to go to um i don't know what it's called there what's the universal park there called oh uh just universal um osaka, osaka. universal japan yeah. universal japan and osaka and yeah for you know the super mario area our super nintendo world and for uh tokyo disney for the beauty and the beast area and all that kind of stuff Right, so that and so the uh, amongst other things, but that was the uh, the, <laughs> the motivation of the timing of the trip. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, it was, and it was even the last episode we recorded. You discussed 
how you were trying to push it back um, a few weeks or a month. I don't remember exactly what it was. And just the, uh, the we, challenges. We, cr- challenges. we tried pushing it six weeks. Six yeah. weeks, yeah. The challenges of that. Um, and, and you know, it was still up in the air everything about it. But uh, so I, that's the brief overview of that last episode. But why don't you uh, sum up, you know. Your, uh, uh, your your journey. <laughs> okay, uh, long story short, uh, family trip with my sibling, um, with my brother and his um, three daughters, his wife, my mom, and my wife and myself, we actually set this uh, trip up a year ago. Um, and we figured, okay, look, Super Nintendo World is opening up. We want to go and see that. We want to go before the Olympics. Um because we know everything will be open, but we didn't want to hit the crowds that the Olympics would bring. So obviously fast forward, uh, you know, we've had uh, fast forward until Jan- uh, January or February. And we've had like everything paid for, like almost everything except a few tickets, like Disney tickets and stuff. But, like we had all the hotels booked mm-hmm. and paid for. We had the flights ba- um, booked and paid for. We even had the universal tickets booked and paid for. Wow. And of course, uh, COVID came. And, uh, you know, January, February, uh, this was initially going to be a trip in June, you know, you're thinking, oh, this is going to pass by then. And, uh, you know, more time passed and here comes March and we're going, okay, well, you know, it it seems like it's going to get better, even though the parks had shut down by that point. We're thinking, okay, you know, real life, a hundred days from now, you know, this is going to be one of those things that will be in the windshield. And if this was, um, you know, a VH1. I love the 2020s. Um, <laughs> this would be like a, like a little footnote that would be in the first episode for about four minutes with like random celebrities joking about being quarantined for a few days. Right. Um, right. We, we and, all thought it was going to be a brief period. <laughs> yeah. And you know, well, we were hearing that from the president, hearing that from governors, the government, etc. You know, uh, and then. Uh, uh, Friday after St. Patrick's Day, so I guess the 19th or 20th, uh, my job uh, furloughed me. So uh, that's when things really kind of got real over here. Now, keep in mind that my family in California that had already been furloughed. Um, they they went on lockdown, I think, a little bit before me. Um, and then uh, we were kind of watching, and then come the very beginning of may we were like okay look we cannot even legally travel there this is not ending anytime soon Mm -hmm. so we said uh, and by this point the olympics had been canceled and we said okay well let's aim for um the very end of july because you know by then you know things may travel restrictions may ease and we we wanted to push it back um we wish we could have pushed it back further, but we couldn't because of the situation of my brother having kids in school and we wanted to make sure that they didn't miss school. Um, so we were thinking by then the beauty and the beast ride, which is supposed to be a seven and a half minute, uh, dark ride trackless dark ride at Tokyo Disneyland, which is also the most expensive ride that Disney has ever made at 750 million us dollars. That's crazy. You actually yeah. Think about it. Wow. Because from what I understand, like Rise of the Resistance only had like a three hundred million dollar budget. I say only three hundred. Uh, no, this it, is all yeah, yeah, supposed yeah. to be super intricate animatronics, and the vehicle supposed to do all sorts of crazy things. We figured also by that point the Super Nintendo World would be um, ready to go because they're all promising summer, and we were thinking, okay, look, the parks 
were saying that they were going to start reopening in the beginning of June. And, uh, you know, we're going to fast forward into until about, uh, let's say, June 20th was when we said, OK, we are killing this trip um, because uh, Tokyo Disney announced that they were reopening on July 1st and it was going to be a lottery system. So actually it reopened. Uh, we're actually recording this episode on July 1st, but it opened basically last night because of their time zone difference. And it's um, it was handled well, although interestingly, they removed the stretching room portion of the Haunted Mansion um, because of the congregation. They're trying to avoid any pre-shows with congregations, oh, up, wow. which is sad because that's half the fun are, are the pre-shows. Um, Universal has been open, but no Nintendo. They're just holding off on it. They are doing uh, very minimal guests at all these parks. And what we said was, um, well, we're kind of stuck right now. And um, we didn't want to push it anymore this year because, you know, we were thinking, well, we could push it until October, November of this year. But then we're just doing that whole thing where we're just canceling everything and then moving it and then hoping that it's safe to go. And it didn't seem like the wise decision. So we actually pushed it until um, November of next year, 2021. Wow. Um, and the reason reasoning for that is, you know, we want to be able to meet the characters. We want to be able to see the shows. I think that there's going to be a lot better chance of things getting back to some version of normalcy a year and a half from now than there would be a few months from now. For sure, 100%. You bring up a really important Even now. Point. Oh, I was, oh, was going to say really quick. Even now, mm-hmm. you still can't legally get over there. Oh, yeah, I bet. <laughs> there's a travel ban on the u.s <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah i was gonna say we are there we're no end in sight uh in uh in uh quarantine uh <laughs> with the you know the daily numbers of uh cases being reported it's absolutely insane uh and the, the thing that comes to mind which uh when you said you know you want to be able to do x y and z just kind of for me like i I just don't want to have a neutered uh, theme park or haunt experience. Uh, me personally, you know, <laughs> like so. If I'm, especially if I'm traveling, you know, um, I'm gonna want the full experience, you know. And it's, I think it's worth it to wait. And it's also the smart thing to do. <laughs> so I, the, I commend your decision. <laughs> but yeah, it it was super hard. It was a super hard decision. It was heartbreaking because. There has been so many man hours put into like a trip like this because yeah. we were hitting, I think, sixteen theme parks over four or over twenty one days. Wow! Okay, man. And then like, <laughs> and several of these theme parks were ones that we were doing for two days. So you know, like a lot of things. Um, you know, we may so like my wife and I, we may still try to do something maybe December if it's deemed safe to travel, and um, if this thing. Um, goes away we may do a flash um like because there's a lot of flash deals going on right now to if you can travel we might consider like singapore to check out their universal or um seoul south korea to see a lot world but nothing is in stone no tickets are bought no research has been done it's just an idea of hey if we can travel in december maybe we'll try to salvage it so this year we still knocked off a thing off of our bucket list but we would only do that if it was considered safe to travel right 
which is really uh, still up in the air <laughs> for sure. Oh, I mean, we have a, we have a Disney cruise um, in May of next year that we're still wondering if that's even going to happen because um, t- uh, yesterday um, the country of Spain said that they're not allowing any more cruise ships. And granted, that's 10 months from now, but um, 10 months from now, that's going to fly by. You know, and things are changing very rapidly. And, uh, mm. you know, we're, we're, we're not even sure if this cruise 10 months from now will happen. Uh, it's a transatlantic one from Miami all the way to Spain with Disney. So uh, who knows if that'll even be operating. Uh, uh, strange days we're living in. <laughs> you said it, sir. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess I think that's a perfect segue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's her main topic <laughs> wait you mean that this wasn't the main topic no I even i will say you you did wrap that up in record time i'm proud of you <laughs> i don't want to i don't want to bore anybody from, from the more important story that's going on right now yeah everyone's tuning in is like uh we get to the point but i, I just oh oh really quick i will throw in that um you know beauty and the beast not open they, they don't even have an opening date Nintendo doesn't have an opening date, so we're also figuring that hopefully by November next year, all these things will be open. <laughs> yeah, you would hope so. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. Well, yeah, our main topic, of course, here, um, which if you haven't, I don't think we've said it yet, but I'm sure you've seen it with the episode, is the announcement that uh, took place uh, six days ago um, that Splash Mountain in Disneyland and Walt Disney World, and short, a few days thereafter, I believe, was also announced for Tokyo, if I'm not mistaken, um, will be rethemed to Princess and the Thog, the Thog, and the Frog. <laughs> now, the Tokyo thing, I haven't, I don't know too much about, uh, is, is that confirmed, or is that just a rumor? No, no, not at all. So here's the thing with Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Um, they, you can actually still buy Song of the South in Tokyo. At a store, at stores, like they they sell it legally over there. Mm-hmm. Um, legally, <laughs> you'll be no, well, locked no. away. I know you I mean this is. Like, over, it sounds like it's a crime here. buying it in the United States. <laughs> well, over here it's like you know you have to get like I've never seen the movie, um, but you have to find like a bootleg copy of it because Disney will not release it. But they are happy to release it over in Japan. Um, over there, though, the thing is, is that the Brers are very popular characters with the Japanese audience. Um, from what I've understood from all my research is, um, the princess and the frog is not a popular property over there. Like, no, they, it was just kind of like a movie that kind of came and went like a blip. Mm-hmm. So, um, they have said that they are waiting to see what happens over here. Oh, okay. That's what and then is. they're going to make a decision, but they, I, I could see them doing a different property such as uh britney was suggesting like moana that that would work because there's the whole giant volcano Mm. um um or like you know the there's i believe that there's a yeah it's a volcano it's an island thing so you could easily convert that and still like you'd still be um doing representation of somebody of color um uh, you'd be doing pacific islanders um which would be different and that would actually work really well on a log type journey um, through the world of Moana. So that's all speculation, but I know that that was a much more popular movie over there. So that seems like that would make a, a more sense over there. Okay. Well, I, 
I, I I didn't know really much about it. I saw like blips of it, and you knew a little bit more than I did there. So there's that. <laughs> uh, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read what this says, um, just so we can hear what's coming out of uh, the mouse's mouth, <laughs> for lack of a better term. Um, all right, today we are thrilled to share a first glimpse of a project Engineers have been working on since last year. Splash Mountain at both Disneyland Park and in Magic Kingdom Park in Florida will be completely reimagined. The theme is inspired by an all-time favorite animated Disney film, The Princess and the Frog. We pick up the story after the final kiss and join Princess Tiana and and Louis. Is it Louis or Louis? I don't know. I believe it's Louis. I'll go with Louis. On a musical venture. Adventure, featuring some of the powerful music from the film as they prepare for the first ever Mardi Gras performance. Tiana is a modern, courageous, and empowered woman who pursues her dreams and never loses sight of what's really important. It's a great story with a strong lead character set against the backdrop of New Orleans and Louisiana Bayou. In 1966, Walt himself opened New Orleans Square when it became the first new land added to his land park. So it feels natural to link the story and the incredible music of Princess and the Frog to our parks. Uh, the voice of Tiana... Tony Award-winning actress Akina Akina uh, I can't Anika I don't know, I don't know how to pronounce her name sorry <laughs> I'll just go Anika Nani Rose I'll just go with that one shared it's really exciting to know that Princess Tiana's presence in both Disneyland and Magic Kingdom will be fully realized as passionate as I am about what we created I know the fans are going to be over the moon the Imagineers are giving us the Princess and the Frog Mardi Gras celebration we've been waiting for and I'm here for it. The approach to retheming or quote-unquote plussing attractions, as Walt Disney referred to it, begins with Imagineers asking the questions, how can we build upon or elevate the experience and tell a fresh, relevant story? It's a continuous process that Imagineers are deeply passionate passionate about. And with the long-standing history of updating attractions and adding new magic, the retheming of Splash Mountain is of particular importance today. The new concept is inclusive one that all our guests can connect with and be inspired by. And it speaks to the diversity of the millions of people who visit our parks each year. That's a very bold statement there coming out of, uh, <laughs> coming out of Disney. Uh, yeah. Sharita, I believe that's how you pronounce her name. Sharita Carter, the senior creative pr- producer leading the project at Walt Disney Imagineering shared like Princess Tiana, I believe that courage and love are the key ingredients for wonderful adventures. I'm delighted to be bringing the, this fun-filled experience to our guests. For Imagineers, change is rooted in traditions set by Walt Disney, who encouraged new innovation, new ideas, new scenes, and current storytelling. And the experience they create can be enjoyed by guests who visit our parks all over the world. As part of the creative... It's a long press release. As part of the creative development process... Conceptual design work is well underway, and Imagineers will soon be able to conduct preliminary reviews and develop a timeline for when the transformation can start to take shape. Stay tuned for more. All right, so that's that's what's coming out of Disney. There, <laughs> they said a lot, but they didn't say anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, they didn't say anything about the attraction, <laughs> but they said. I think they definitely said a lot here. I mean, I think the thing that most of this is driving home <laughs> is that change to inclusiveness is 
the right thing to do without literally saying that sentence. Yes. <laughs> and they back that up by the agendas set forth by Walt Disney himself, which I thought should have been a pretty uh, airtight argument for the Walt wouldn't have wanted this argument, which is a plagues the theme park community. <laughs> Like a plague, uh, yeah. <laughs> for lack of a better phrase. <laughs> but uh, it surely didn't. <laughs> it surely did not. So I just want to take a second and digest, you know, or just you could digest that if you haven't read through all this, which I don't know how many people actually have read all of this. I think most people just saw the news and went whatever way they went, you know, <laughs> either pro or, or, uh, or con about it. But the... Um- What's up? Yeah, there, there's a yeah, no, there's a, there's a lot to digest here. Mm-hmm. All right, go yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't know. I, well, if you had something in particular you were going to say about the digestion, go ahead. <laughs> um, I I will say um, this was definitely met with a lot of um, opinions on both sides. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everything ranging. Well, l- l- let's get off on. I guess a, a good point to mention would be. Um, they mentioned that they've been working on this for a year. Um, but then a lot of people are kind of thinking that this was a very quick thing to throw out because of how the world, um, uh, has been going regularly here in America that, um, has this actually been in development for a year? Do you think? Well, they said that, right? Well, they said since last year, right? So let's say, I mean, that could be December, uh, but, oh yeah, but that still, you know, <laughs> that's still we were talking about uh, things that have happened in the past, you know, month and a half. So, do I think that they came up with this within the past month and a half? I mean, it's open to speculation, and I think we're going to take a little bit of deeper dive on re- the reaction to this. Uh, uh, I, I know we are <laughs> a little bit down the line, but. Um, Quick answer uh, is that no, I don't think that. But what I do find very interesting is that this news came out two days after Disneyland had to announce that they would not be making their reopening projected date of July 17th uh, because of the stuff with the unions and California's reopening laws and I'm not even getting into any of that right now, but it just, it wasn't happening <laughs> and, and not to die, not to go off on a tangent with that, but essentially Walt Disney world, when they announced their opening stuff, they said, here's our proposed plan. And then they put it all on social media and then all their, all their plans were granted by the, by the local government. And I feel like putting it out on social media was a, was a, was a pressure tactic and Disneyland did the same exact thing and it backfired (laughs) (laughs) and that's uh that's not a good look (laughs) so I I feel like putting this information out which did not need sounds like they're not very far along on this at all to be honest and this did not need to come out right now (laughs) I feel like this releasing of this information was a diversion from Disneyland's reopening date being delayed indefinitely. Well, on, on the other side of things, you could always argue that 
you know, I wonder how many things are in development for a while. Like if there's always like a new, uh, you know, like a Space Mountain reskin idea that doesn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And then they decided that this was the time to release it. Now, I, what's kind of funny is about a month ago or so, there was um, some stuff released on Twitter saying this fan has the great idea for um, uh, Princess and the Frog um, redo of Splash Mountain. And here's their art that they did. And what's interesting with this art is that it is way too good to be a fan art. Like, this is clearly Mm. professional, and it fits really well with the official piece that they released. I'm kind of wondering, is did Disney maybe throw this out into the ether as a leak um, through somebody else just to kind of get the um, to kind of gauge public reaction? It's possible, and at that particular point is something that I, had, I planned to, to bring up. Well, <laughs> oh, no, sorry, I, did, I figured that, that was kind of a, you know. <laughs> I gave I gave Grant a brief overview of the outline, but he didn't know all the intricate details. Um, I, 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 so yeah, I was thinking, oh well, that's kind of an interesting thing because that's how this came, this idea came to right. be, and it's kind of I do feel like this was brought, like t- test it out to see would this be popular. It it. it it is a it is something that is I, I think as a possibility I you know um, I think you made sense there it's I do have a few um, notes and opinions here uh, that I'm going to be sharing throughout the show that were uh, con- from our um, our fellow contributor and host of the Wicked Ridgery podcast Tanisha Burks. And that's one of her theories as well, actually. So I, that was actually what I was going to dive into that when I shared her her thoughts. <laughs> um, yeah, I did think that when that when that concept art was floating around, <laughs> that it was uh, it just it seemed really good, you know, <laughs> like the, the quality of the of the uh, of the cons- the fan art. <laughs> yeah, and and very fleshed out in a, in a way that I it's I was like wow. Get, Get this person a job in Imagineering. <laughs> I know. I know. A lot of people have had a lot of time on their hands right now, but man, that's <laughs> that's a little much. Uh, but if they did do that, it was very interesting. I mean, it would not be unprecedented for these type of infiltrate and put this out there kind of uh, tactics from Disney. Yeah, uh, because. I'm not going to get into the detail of this, but uh, in the past year, they have put out false information to certain people to find out where the leaks were, <laughs> and then um, and then the the a certain uh, website posted this false information, <laughs> and then were called out on it. <laughs> uh, we're officially not by name, but we're saying there's. This false information out there. This is not true. This is the real information. (laughs) I remember that. So I'll leave it at that. So I'm saying a a precedent has been set that they're they're not off in a a tower far away, not keeping an eye on what's happening on the internet. (laughs) They certainly are. Uh, So who knows? Uh, But the main thing here that this article does not reference at all whatsoever. Is the fact that Splash Mountain is based on the film Song of the South. <laughs> and I, I we, we'd be remiss if we did not take a moment here to discuss said film Song of the South. Because that's a major point 
in this discussion <laughs> that Disney officially is not going to discuss at all. <laughs> um, so, Song of the South is a film <laughs> from um, 46, 47? I don't know. Whatever. 46. 46, real close. Basically, as this started to all materialize, I had... You know, I'd seen Song of the South before. I've had I had my opinions about it before, but I decided that I needed to revisit the film, and then I needed to take a deep dive on research so that I could speak intelligently about it on the podcast. Um, so the first thing that I did uh, was I rewatched the film, like. Um, I won't say how, <laughs> but I will say that I that I rewatched it. And um, I've never seen the movie. What What are your thoughts on the movie? Okay, so here's my here's here's my th- right, here's my thoughts on the rewatch. I'll just exclude what I thought be- before, but just here's my thoughts on the rewatch. <laughs> um, and in, and most people haven't seen it. So brief overview of the film. Uh. It's a film that takes place in the Old South on a plantation where a bunch of uh, black people live in rundown shanties outside of a, uh, uh, a big mansion and a, uh, a young white boy comes to spend the, uh, the summer with his grandmother and doesn't like it and then an old black man tells him stories um, that will get supposed to set them straight <laughs> and uh, and be compliant. I guess I don't know what the, the point was, but um, but when he tells said stories, those the film turns into animated sequences um, about Bear Rabbit, Bear Bear, and Bear Fox. Uh, so that's the brief overview of what the movie is, <laughs> and of course the song Zippity Doodah amongst others, comes from this film. And, of course, Splash Mountain is is the Song of the South ride. <laughs> it is, it's not based on Song of the South. It is a Song of the South ride. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, that'd be, that sounds like, you know, if they had left all the other scenes in there, it'd be really strange. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's an uh, interesting point. Uh, but so <laughs> animatronic of the boy running away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. that would, I mean, that would be amusing. But anyway, so I watched it. I rewatched it. And my thought and I, I wrote down some notes <laughs> um, and just some random thoughts as I was watching. And the biggest thing I would say is my takeaway was. You know, it's 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 developed a reputation that it's this extremely racist film, um, and that it's super offensive. And when you watch the film, prior to one really one scene in particular, there is nothing like super offensive, you know, in the forefront of it. It's pretty dumb, lighthearted fun. <laughs> uh, the problem with the film is the subtext of the film. And which is actually way more dangerous than if it were just blatantly offensive, because the subtext of the film is that black people are really happy about being subservient to white people, (laughs) because that's pretty much 
what's happening throughout the film. Everyone is super happy to tend to all the needs of the white family. Now, what is not set clear when watching the film is its time period. Um, There's a claim outside of the film that the film is set after the Civil War and that the black people in the film are not slaves. Um, I kind of tend to think it doesn't really matter if it's before or after because it really creates the same scenario. (laughs) Yeah, that's what it sounds like anyway. Yeah, so that's, that's an irrelevant point. So that's... My first thought was that it was that that's like they're just from an old man to all people of black people of all ages. They're all super concerned about whatever's happening with the little white boy, Johnny, whether Johnny's happy. He gets there's a part where he gets hurt uh, by a bull and <laughs> which is hilarious uh, unfortunately they, didn't, they don't show the contact you know <laughs> that would have been uh, more fun <laughs> it's like yeah, here comes the bull here comes johnny next time you see you see the bull running away and johnny laying down <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but uh you know so he's you know he's, he's hurt and i would say like all like there's like 30 uh, black people outside of the mansion just standing outside sad waiting to find out what's going to happen to little Johnny is he going to make it is he not like it's just like their whole lives revolve around <laughs> making little Johnny's life is as, as awesome as possible <laughs> and I would say that's the like that is the huge narrative of the film that could not be argued I know that there's a lot of Song of the South defenders and they will try to argue that point, but that that was my probably my biggest takeaway, and what I what I found most offensive about it, besides one scene in particular in the animated segments, because there's there's several of them, uh, where um, a a a baby made out of tar is used as a is a ploy to to uh, <laughs> to trick. Um, Bear fox and bear bear by bear rabbit, hence making a tar baby a racist term. <laughs> um, and it's 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 kind of like, well, that's a rough one. You can't you can't spin that one when you see that in the film. <laughs> What's crazy is as a, as a kid, I actually had the little golden book of Bear Rabbit and the Tar Baby, and I think it was the wow. thing that was like passed on from my dad's generation mom's generation it's like you know and how you you keep books from your childhood you don't yeah. think anything and then you give them to your kids people give them their kids and i just remember going so what what is this and it was kind of like a, oh you know you probably shouldn't bring that one to school it's like the frame of mind to say don't take it to school but they, that, that means they knew something was wrong with it <laughs> you know? it's like... yeah no no I, I i don't i don't remember us keeping that book after <laughs> reading through it because I, I was an avid reader i don't remember ever seeing it again but i just know that it was in the house at one point <laughs> okay so all that being said the, that that's the the problems i had with the film on my watch but the on the on the flip side of it and despite the tar baby, the animated sequences in this film are spectacular. Like I, I love them. They're they're just as good as like any other Disney animated film from that era. Any classic film. Uh, just well, no. There's one other point of contention I will say, and it is that, <laughs> which is also prevalent throughout the film, is the the animals. 
as as well as the live actors of uh, black people speak in this stereotypical broken English <laughs> that uh, was, you know, that is was very false and untrue, um, and definitely a product of night of the nineteen forties uh, stereotyping of black people in film. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, so despite their voices and the tar baby scene, I genuinely enjoyed the animated sequences. Like there's even the, I genuinely was sitting there laughing at it. You know, like I was like, this is, you know, this is enjoyable entertainment. <laughs> right. So, um, that's my take. That was like, I was like, that was my takeaway. Like I watched it. I'm like, this is kind of like lighthearted fun. And even the live action segments, you know, like just the some of the things that goes on to them are they're 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 just light, just dumb, lighthearted fun. You know, I, I don't. You know, one of my favorite Disney films of all time is Darby O'Gill and the Little People, which is about ten years after this, and it kind of you know, there's a certain quality to the live action Disney films of that time that is kind of cheesy that I love. You know. And, and, it, it, and it's it's in Song of the South. So that being said, I can understand how someone ignorant of the portrayal of black people because they have never been taught it, like a child, would say, "Well, this is a fun movie to watch," <laughs> you know, like because there's funny anecdotes in it. But like, is something like um, doubling back on Darby O'Gill and the Little People? Mm-hmm. Is there something to be said about the? Um, a racism level of that as well, kind of, because are there some uh, some uh, Irish stereotypes in Darby O'Gill that you know maybe don't play well with the Irish audience? I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just kind of mm. seeing if you know, like during that time period, if you know people kind of went a little uh, over the top with their characterizations. Because I, I know Darby O'Gill has um, some pretty insane accents going on. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, I certainly am not the one to speak on that point <laughs> as, right. not, as someone that's not Irish, but I will say that um, throughout my life, I've known a lot of Irish people that 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 hold the film in high regard. Oh, good. Okay, that's okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, good. I mean, I, I, I don't want to use that as an as a some, some people could say I know black people I like Song of the South, so it's okay. You know, I'm not, no, 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 no. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not I'm not trying to say that, but just to answer, that's a whole different uh, deep dive. Um, you know, I don't particularly nothing is coming across that is that is quite to the extent of what's seen in song of the South. In my opinion, someone could challenge me on that and that's fine. (laughs) Uh, You know, Darby O'Gill has a wacky uh, accent for sure, but, um, uh, you know what, you know, hold on me double. I, I, I confused that one with the no mobile. I'm sorry. Darby O'Gill and the little people in the no mobile. I kind of mix up a little bit. Uh, Okay. I was going to say, you're thinking of something else. No, I, I can't think of anything that's like super, Offensive in Darby O'Gill, little people. As far as I'm aware, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know, but um, maybe somebody finds it offensive. I don't know, whatever. So, um, who knows? Yeah, but that, I, I, it's a different conversation. So, um, yep. Anyways, 
that's kind of the gist of my thoughts. And I decided it's like, you know, I'm going to do more research. I'm going to watch, you know, videos and analyze the film and analyze Splash Mountain and blah, blah. And as I was starting to do this, uh, Melissa, our uh, Creepy Kitty contributor, immediately was said, hey, have you heard of the You Must Remember This podcast? And I said, well, no, I haven't. <laughs> and she's like, oh, they, she's like, last year I did a six-part episode on the movie. I was like, wow. I was like, I guess I better check that out. <laughs> you know, just since I'm doing this uh, research so that I could, you know, a deeper analysis of the film. And so this is a podcast um, that the sub it's uh, it's it's essentially analyzing uh, different aspects of, of old Hollywood for the most part, I, um, and I, I just I had never heard of it and knew, I knew nothing about it, um, and I will I have to say and I and as I listen to this and I, I know I recommended this to you and so you could speak to this as well, um, I've I was completely blown away by the by the uh, the analysis, the amount of research, the in-depth <laughs> uh, look at every single aspect of this film. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was just like, wow. Like, the wool was over my eyes. Like, <laughs> And the thing about it is that uh, there's a lot of people that are referencing these podcast series now that this, that this uh, you know, news broke out about Splash Mountain. And the... Song of the South apologists, as I refer to them, um, are backlashing against the podcast host, um, Karina Longworth. That's her name, right? Karina Longworth. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Kalina, Karina Longworth. Yep. Uh, you know, and just saying, you know, she's just trying to, it's like, this is like a, this is like an extension of cancel culture or, or something like that. But the thing about this <laughs> series is that it's grounded in fact. I will admit she definitely has a bias. She's not a Disney fan. <laughs> that is clear. No. <laughs> and uh, she's definitely not a fan of, of Song of the South or Disney in general. But the, uh, sh- the amount of research, and she also has cited all of her sources on the website for everything that she's talking about, which is something that... So this, that's rarely seen, and then uh, that I haven't really seen in in this type of research, and what she's bringing to the table. I'm sure a lot of it is her perspective, but uh, most of this is grounded in fact. And she, I mean, she did say some things throughout this six episode series that I consumed all within two days because I couldn't stop listening to it um, that I didn't agree with, but overall. Um, I stand by her analysis of the film, and I'm just I, I'm going I, I'm I'm just going to reference it, and I want to give her you know credit because this is and her team credit because some of the stuff was just I, it never even occurred to me. <laughs> you know, like, it's uh, a it's a lot. I listened to it and I finished it yesterday, and it is a lot of information to digest. You know, like I don't know how you did it in two days because. You know, it's just it, it's a long it's a lot of information being thrown at you, you know, so um, but it's it's super well done. Um, I actually um, was listening to it while I was working out. It, it didn't really make for the best workout 
um, material. Did it bump you up? <laughs> I just put, you're the best, the very best song of the South. I just see like a, mo- a training montage. <laughs> <laughs> Fighting racism. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's, I, I recommend it. Um, and I haven't listened to any of her other shows. Um, I haven't really looked. But knowing that we were going to be doing this deep dive, I figured I should probably need to knock it out just so I could be on par, being that I've never seen Song of the South, and I didn't know much about it other than the cartoons. Oh, well, I just kind of want to bring up kind of some bullet points. Again, it's a six-hour series, but also how it's relevant to the topic at hand, which is the, the, the ending of Splash Mountain as it is. <laughs> right. And, and the, the main point here is that Splash Mountain amongst itself is not is, there's nothing there that one would consider racist, but just the fact that it comes from source material that is clearly racist presents a huge a huge issue. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, deeper dive on that in a moment. But some of the big things about Song of the South that I found really interesting that I made notes on from her things was. Uh, there's a song in there called Not Gonna Leave My Home, which implies that former slaves are, if, if it's after Civil War like they imply, are happy staying on the plantation because it's familiar, you know, and and, it, and that's kind of a, a driving theme uh, subtext of the film, which is don't go and try to live a life outside of being subservient. <laughs> it's stay where what's familiar and basically where you know your place. And that's the recurring theme of the animated shorts is essentially uh rare rabbit is trying to leave the briar patch and Brer Bear and Brer Fox are trying to stop them, and he outsmarts, he outsmarts them. Um, another thing I guess we did not mention here is that the, uh, origi- the stories originated from something called the Uncle Remus stories, which was written by a white man from his recollections of the time that he spent uh, as a child uh, hanging out with slaves which I, I found really interesting, where they would tell stories of, uh, and it was, uh, about these animals basically outsmarting the other animals. So the, the analogy is that, in this case, is that Br'er Rabbit is, is uh, the slave and the, the white slave owners are Br'er Fox and Br'er Bear. Uh, and that was something I always kind of picked up a little bit on um, Splash Run. Like I remember having a conversation saying, you know, if you viewed it through this lens, where at the end of the ride, after you do the drop and after the uh, zippity doo dah show, uh, showboat scene, um, you see Briar Rabbit sitting there and he says, I'm never leaving my Briar Patch. I'm, ne- you know, home is where I stay. Um, he basically, it's kind of like insinuating, uh, why would I, I shouldn't leave where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's kind of like you, when you, when you ride it on the ride, which we'll get, you know, talk about the ride in a bit, but you know, you're kind of like, well, that's, well, yeah. Why would you want to leave? This is fun. We just we just splashed down this mountain. <laughs> you know, like it's, you don't really think about the subtext of the statement. <laughs> you know, like you know, like yeah, it's good times here. Um, but um, yeah, so I, I would say that theme uh, is uh, on top of the theme that I said that um, 
you know, black people are happy about their position in life and that slavery wasn't so bad, whether it is a, is a harmful message to put out there uh, in this kind of revisionist, uh, lighthearted version of history. You know? And, yeah. And one thing that she said, that she, she said, there was that really resonated with me that I was like, wow, was that she was talking about when the film was re-released before it was put in the Disney vault and they're not releasing it again, is that it was strategically released at times when the political climate of the country was leaning more conservative. It's so like the film was never released during the civil rights movement. You know, it was always after those times when the, the you know, the narrative uh, was, uh, we need to get, we need to buckle down and be conservative and, Law and order, and wow, that kind of sounds like right now, doesn't it? But uh, I was going to say, I, I <laughs> history repeats if, itself if, over and over again. If there, <laughs> if there were no Disney Plus and Blu-rays and DVDs, I could see them releasing that right now. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like, wow, that that's a tough one. And the other thing to point out here, and I'll move on from the film, is that. Um, um, oh, Zippity Doodah. The song that was such lighthearted fun uh, is actually inspired and rooted in uh, minstrel culture. And if you don't know what that is, I mean, just the short term of that is uh, it's uh, people putting on white people putting on shows and songs and dances and blackface to make fun of black people. So um, which was uh, pop, which was rose to its uh, popularity you know, during the time after slavery was abolished, but then when uh, segregation laws were uh, being implemented. So that really blew my mind as well. You know, like, it's just kind of like this, like, lighthearted song that just, generally speaking, is pleasant to hear. (laughs) It's fun to watch the animated sequence where he walks through and sings the song. (laughs) Yes. Regarding this and going back to that um, podcast, this really has nothing to do with anything, but the thing that blew my mind, I think the most out of anything was because obviously Disney channel would show um, the animated portions of that. Um, They didn't show song in the South on the Disney channel when I was growing up, they would show the cartoons. So they would show uncle Remus singing Zippity Duda learning that he was only 40 when he was filming, when he filmed that, was like mind blowing to me. Oh, yes, I forgot. I was yeah. he, he was. He, he looks like this sixty-five-year-old dude. Like he, he, he looks, looks old as hell. Yeah. Old, and he sounds. <laughs> he sounds really old. Like he sounds like a wizened guy yeah. who's been around forever. Like, and, and he's like, I'm thirty-seven. He's only three years older than me, and he's basically a grandfather. Yeah, that's weird. And yeah, he and uh, you know he died shortly after. <laughs> Um, yeah, the film was released, which I don't. I guess I don't. I don't recall what happened, but um, really wild. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, no, but yeah, that's how I saw it as well too. And uh, yeah, like uh, you know, I definitely saw those uh, those you know the song on Disney Channel and stuff like that. So, and then, in fact, I had to think really hard. Is like, have I had I seen the movie in my youth? And I don't recall because. Uh, I just don't recall. But it, oddly enough, like it seems like any Disney th- uh, re-release through my youth, like I saw it theatrically. Like my my mother instilled Disney in me from birth. That's what that's what led me on this path. So I've I've I feel like I've seen at least two or uh, 
re-releases of Snow White and Cinderella in the theater in my lifetime <laughs> before they started just doing home video stuff. So I guess I guess my mom had the wherewithal to just say, uh, we're just not going to see that one. <laughs> I, 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 I don't recall it, but... Um, uh, that's that's the that's a summary of Song of the South. So now I want to shift gears a little bit, and I want to talk about Splash Mountain as it currently exists, <laughs> um, and Disneyland and Walt Disney World as, as that's what I've experienced. And I guess you could speak on when you share your thoughts on uh, Tokyo. <laughs> but um, as Splash Mountain today, as it currently exists. <laughs> sitting dormant because Disneyland's closed. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Uh, well, it ran in Tokyo last night, so there we go. Okay, it's, it's a bit trending. Anyways, uh, is that I absolutely love Splash Mountain. <laughs> like, particularly, particularly Disneyland's version. <laughs> uh, and I, I can't say it's something I've go on frequently, but, you know, this is a ride that has been created in my lifetime and i recall when it opened <laughs> you know like so this has been a part of uh, my theme park going experience uh you know pretty much since i started going to to, to disneyland and yeah uh, <laughs> so i i recall when it opened and i loved it do you then. recall er, do you recall Ernest riding it i recall the the special of Ernest. right, right? yep yep he was the first I, person I, to ride I, I grew- I grew up an hour and a half from Disneyland, so I was—I had never been more excited about anything than the day I got to go over there to ride that ride because, and that was the first thing we did at like eight in the morning, because, <laughs> because it was just, it because, and I, I was like six or seven, you know, I, I had never been because Ernest was way popular back then. It's just like the, the media blitz was so huge, you know, for this ride. Oh yeah, they hyped it up. Plus, it was delayed, so yeah, there was so much hype building up to this. You know, uh, uh, di- the Disney Channel would show videos of them breaking ground with Mickey in a crane. You know, like running a bulldozer, <laughs> driving the bulldozer, like he was building the ride. Yeah, Mickey was doing it himself. But yeah, <laughs> we need more of those. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, no, the the, the Disney marketing uh, machine was full steam ahead on on Splash Mountain for sure. Um, so we were all really excited. We all, being people that went to the theme park, said, we're all really excited to get on there and, and experience it. Um, so, just generally speaking, I loved that back then, and I went on. And I've been on it as recently as January, um, and that's because uh, Ryan, the co-owner of Creepy Kingdom, whenever he goes to Disneyland, makes me go on it with him. <laughs> because the only reason I don't go on it usually because I just don't want to get wet. But the last time we went on it together back in January. I just was thinking, I was just like, oh my God, I just, I love this ride so much. And, and there's several things about it that I love. Yeah. Uh, one, the, particularly the Disneyland version. The yes, thing- I agree. The Disneyland version <laughs> is better than the Disney World version by far. Oh, interesting. You think that? Because I, I would think most people feel oppositely, but let me tell you why I think so. <laughs> First thing is <laughs> the ride really hasn't seen any like change to it since it opened uh, or any significant upgrades or probably any upgrades whatsoever <laughs> since it opened. And the most of the animatronics in the ride are taken from an old attraction that was opened in the seventies called America Sings. <laughs> I'm sure most people know that, but just as a, for those that don't, 
there's that. So there's like 1970s technology animatronics littered throughout this entire ride. <laughs> and I'd say animatronics have probably come a long way since the 1970s. You know, and, it's, yeah. and essentially we're kind of looking at uh, Chuck E. Cheese <laughs> level of technology. I mean, <laughs> well, especially for the non Brer characters. Yeah. You know, the non Brer characters are the same. The Brer characters have a little more anima- animation in them because they had to be brand new. Yeah, those were created uh, for the ride in, in late 80s, right? But those other ones in the 70s. So going on it in 2020, as I did, like, it just it has this old, out of date, weird creepy vibe that i just thrive off of just being a weirdo (laughs) because i just love like all those old like barely functioning animatronics (laughs) on the ride i i just get a kick out of it um the other thing i love about the ride i love the vultures the vultures have nothing to do with song of the south they're not in song of the south if anything i like to think that the vultures from snow white that uh (laughs) that don't talk but in fact, that's the only time I could think of vultures in any other Disney movie. So I don't know why they're well, in Splash they, Mountain, they, but they, but they're there. Well, no, the the, vul- the vultures were in um, America Sings. Oh, well, that that's why they're there too. <laughs> they were they, they were they were kind of the villains um, that would kind of like uh, chortle in between scenes, from what I remember. If you watch a video of it, and they are actually in both parks, by the way. That's not just exclusively a Disney landing. The the vultures. Uh, exists over here in Florida. Oh, well, yeah. Well, I know that. Yeah, I know that. Well, because I was going to get to it was because they have kind of like unlike the other America Sings animatronics that are really just filler background, they actually have uh, speaking <laughs> parts. <laughs> and yeah. uh, I love, I love, I, I just, I just love. It's like, it's like. So you want to find a laughing place? Yeah. <laughs> just like it's and that mixed with the music when you're going up the lift hill has to be the best like like tension building like lift hill in any ride i've ever been on <laughs> like it is i love it it is it is it's so cool <laughs> and that, the, the vultures remind me of the child catcher from chitty chitty bang bang a little bit after. <laughs> yeah, yeah. i mean they were an inspiration too i mean the vultures amongst themselves i mean i just uh, admittedly i have not watched a video of america sings so i'm not i'm not going to claim to be an expert on it at all uh in fact i will even go as far to say as i was thinking about this earlier that i'm not super like thrilled about animatronic shows that's not like a thing that does it for me <laughs> so, outside of Chuck E. cheese which is just super creepy because they just stand there lifeless and then like and then they just come to life randomly which always amused me <laughs> you know rip Chuck E. cheese and his band because they're now going out of business <laughs> but, uh, but they're gonna be standing there lifeless for a while yeah <laughs> anyways I can, that's a different topic um Love that. Another thing I love about it, which is exclusive to the Walt Disney World version, is the music. I like the music better because it incorporates um, this, like, like banjos and stuff. And not that I listen to banjo music like normally, but it just it's just more fun to listen to. It's it's so uh, because they they because they put Splash Mountain in Frontierland. 
uh, in, uh, in Magic Kingdom, they decided to just make the music sound a little bit more country <laughs> for some reason. And so they added banjos to the songs. So I've actually many times listened to the Walt Disney World soundtrack of Splash Mountain for my own personal enjoyment. <laughs> you know, like... You know the reskin idea for Disney World Deliverance Mountain. We've already got the banjos. Yeah, you're already halfway there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, all that being said, I mean, I could see. I know why people love Splash Mountain because I love it. Um, it's great. And I, on top of that, I have very fond memories of going on the ride with friends, getting completely soaked, taking stupid pictures on the drop hill. All that good stuff. I love it. Had great times. Super awesome. But. I remember, um, <laughs> what do you say? Uh, okay, go ahead. I have a caveat. I was say, ro- <laughs> oh, yeah, go for it. Go for the caveat. Sorry. Uh, the caveat is <laughs> that every time I wrote it as an adult, there was this little thing that's like, there's something about this ride that's making me uncomfortable. <laughs> and it's because I knew that this was coming from source material that was racist (laughs) you know and there's little subtle things about it that it's not there's nothing blatantly there in the ride it's so easy to buy to not even think that it is but there's just little things where just like uh, i really like this ride but uh there's something really wrong i was like i felt i just felt uncomfortable like you know and just it was just there kind of it's kind of it's it's something that i think a lot of people of color experience uh in a lot of media that's been produced where they love most of what it's about but that there's something about it that when it was produced during its time uh was more acceptable uh so it slipped through the cracks and there's a lot of that in disney For sure, and there's there's been traces of that in Disneyland, uh, for sure as well, Um, and so you know I love it, but you know what, it's been around for thirty years. It hasn't been updated, so (laughs) you know uh, I've not, you know actually before I even say anymore, why don't you just sum up what. Your 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 views on Splash Mountain, you know. Um, my views are kind of are are aligned with yours a little bit. Uh, really quick, I was going to say the the number one thing I like about Disneyland over the one over here though mm-hmm. is when you're going up the lift hill, you have the mom rabbit singing to her kids about how um, the fox wants to turn them into bunny stew. Oh, I love that. I yeah, always, yeah, yeah, I love all and that. And that's not, that's not in Florida. <laughs> that's not in Florida. But it's like, here's this mom singing to her children about how the fox wants to kill them. And I always loved that. Like, even as a child, I loved that. I just thought it was like, uh, you know, like, if you look at, like, the movies that we grew up with in the 80s, there was always a much more sinister presence lurking. And mm-hmm. that, that that's a remnant from that. You know, like, yeah, for sure. the, yeah, this fox who's goofy and, you know, doesn't know how to catch it and is, like, you know, tied up with his bear and constantly gets screwed around. He ultimately wants to murder this guy and destroy him and eat him. You know, um, 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 but my experience as a kid was I, I absolutely loved it. Um, 
and I didn't realize being that, you know, Song of the South was not a thing. Um, you, James, you're a few years older than me. Um, <laughs> yes, I am. So <laughs> I was I was unaware of Song of the South because there was no um, media release of it when I was a kid. You know, if it, if it was, I was I think I heard that the last time it was released was 86. I would have been three. So I, that would have not been a movie that even if I had seen it in the theaters, I would have remembered. But, um, you know, the thing is, is as I got older, um, it got a little um, more complicated when I started learning the history of that movie. And then I did research Sung the South to go, well, why was this movie banned? And then I kind of, this was like, uh, keep in mind that uh, pretty much when I was in high school would have been about 97, 98. That's when like, and that's when I started having access to internet and started learning things. Mm-hmm. And of course, every, you know, uh, of course, on the first website said everybody found was flash mountain, which was hysterical. And I don't oh, think that that's I, around. I, I was trying to, I was trying to skip over flash mountain, but that, <laughs> that, 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 that was a fun part of its history too. <laughs> so. It's a fun part of the history. It, it's an adult, it's an, it's an adult part, but you know what? People have done other things. <laughs> <laughs> that that that's a that that's a product of the early days of the internet for sure. <laughs> that, that is definitely a product of the early days of the internet. But um, <laughs> before before they could like stop photos before they would be released to the public. But anyway, um, um, doing research on Song of the South, I kind of learned that this came from a um, Song of the South. I having not seen it, but the research I had read. I sensed that it was a misguided attempt that it was almost like um, maybe when the mo- when they were making the movie, they felt like they were making a good movie, but they didn't like fully research the writers back then in the forties. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, okay. So now if you, if I wanted to make a movie based on a movie from or uh, off of a book from the 1940s or thirties or twenties or whatever, I could do a lot of research and kind of find out what's going on and what the history of that was. Um, back in the forties, there wasn't really an internet. There was no internet there. You know, you basically just took it at face value. So, um, while I definitely think that the movie has several instances of intentional racism, obviously, um, I wonder how much of that it was unknown to them. Like there were certain aspects that were unknown to them being that they may not have been able to fully learn the history of what the book song of the South was prior. The book, oh, you're talking about when they made the, the, you think they think that the film was made with good the intentions? Remis- uh, no, the I'm not going to say, I'm, I'm not going to say necessarily, but the, maybe that the Br'er Rabbit stories that they, that they didn't really research, that they didn't understand that these books, that um, the, the stories were coming from a white dude who was learning these stories through his lens. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just want, I when you say I they, who what, are you referring to when you said they didn't understand that? Uh, the producers of the film. Okay. I guess Walt Disney, I guess, would be the one. Right. Um, well, but, I, I, say I would disagree with that because they they heavily they they heavily promoted the uh, this guy. I don't remember his name, and I don't care to remember his name. The writer of the book, and even made a, a TV special about his life. Oh. <laughs> uh, Okay. Okay. Then there we go. I stand. I definitely stand corrected on that one. 
Then, so yeah, no, okay. I, I completely stand corrected. I initially thought that maybe it was a thing where, while they they definitely had their racist undertones, I don't think they realized how deep the level got, you know, um, due to lack of research. But it sounds like they researched him plenty. So sure, sure. I mean, yeah, yeah. So the film, it is what it is. I mean, we said we stated our piece about it. Or said what I felt, you know. Um, should it but should it be out there in the public? I think it should be with uh with context a hundred percent I don't think it should be buried. I think it should be out there with context uh kind of like the way that the Warner Brothers cartoons are out there with context yeah saying, Warner Brothers uh, and now Gone with the Wind on HBO Max is now brought back with uh with a intro explaining context i you know, but every time the film was released or re-released, it was not presented with context at all you know i it, mean there there's racist Mickey Mouse cartoons out there that have not seen the light of day in a while. Yeah, no, that's for sure. I mean, I think the top the topic of the media that was produced from the Disney during that time is an interesting deep dive. But there's and there's definitely cart like shorts that are extremely offensive uh, at face, oh, yeah. at face value. Not you know not like Song of the South, which is mostly lighthearted dumb fun. That's the best way to put it. <laughs> so so yeah, going back to Splash Mountain, you know, like I always loved that ride. In fact, I always lobby to go on it and make sure one of our fast passes is for it when we go now because I just think that the actual track and the layout of the ride is so good. You know, like the way that they have the, you know, the kind of up and down drop to the laughing place. Mm-hmm. Um, the I think that the animatronics are fun. And I've always been somebody who said I always prefer more animatronics than screens. For sure. um, no, I'm, I'm, I, yeah, so, I love they're there. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I think it's a fun ride. But, you know, as I did research, I realized that this came from a bad place. It was kind of like a well, why the heck did they choose this property of all properties? That they could have gone with, or they could have done an original one. Yeah, that's that's a that's a question that I've been trying to find the answer to uh, in my research, and uh, as far as I could see, it doesn't exist. This concept was created by a brilliant man, someone I've met and shook his hand, and we have loved and enjoyed many things that he's created. You know, Imagineer Tony Baxter. He had decided to go with this theme and why he decided that i cannot find any record whatsoever (laughs) it is glossed over in the imagineering story (laughs) by just saying oh here's an idea make a new ride based on a problematic film and then we did it like like they're completely glossed over that why 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 did you do that And again, that's a Disney-made documentary, which is absolutely amazing. I don't know if I brought it up on the show or not. It is a fluff piece, of course, because you know it's a it's a documentary made, put out by about the people that are doing it. But it is one of the best documentaries uh, Disney history that I in, in theme park history, particularly that I've ever seen. Rant over, but anyways. Um, <laughs> so it almost seems like they were trying to reclaim the characters and separate them. Because they knew that the song was so popular, you know, like, yeah. um, and that the people loved the animated short stories. Like, I loved the animated cartoons as a kid because they were top notch and the stories were kind of funny. Um, but yeah, it's just it's so weird that they chose of all the properties or even an original one. They totally could have done an original one, and you know, sometimes 
as we've learned with uh, Western River Expedition, maybe it's better that they didn't go with that original yeah. property because that would have been very problematic today. <laughs> yeah, they might. Well, you know, maybe by 1990s you would. Oh well, no, uh, well, they had the wherewithal to maybe take out some things like that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that, I never really thought about that point that they should have just gone with an original concept because to most people, the prayer animals were original concepts that <laughs> they didn't know where they what where they who they were they just knew at the end of the there's a song that disney all every disney fan knows about uh zippity doo like oh okay this is kind of familiar because i know this song but most people that had you know pro- that's ridden the ride probably have no idea where this stuff's coming from uh so yeah it, it is a it is a weird thing when you ride it now especially like when you go like when i go on it now it's like I'm really enjoying this, but then it's also like, you know, it's the uncomfortable. This is where the, um, the backbone of it though, um, is not from a good place. Right. Right. That's yeah. And that's what I was talking about where I felt a little uncomfortable, you know, and it, and it, it takes you, it, it takes you out of it. You know, I mean, going to the parks and being a theme park fan and enjoying all this stuff is definitely about escapism. Right. You know, and <laughs> it just, the, the harshness of the prejudice of the world, uh, you know, just, like I don't, it's not, it stings even more in, in, in Disneyland, you know, like, <laughs> you know, cause I, 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 for me personally, cause you have your guard down, you know, like, <laughs> and especially here, you know, in Florida where you have like the hall of presidents, which can be, you know, problematic based on who's in the white house uh, or, you know, mm-hmm. you have the Peter Pan ride. Uh, which has issues or, uh, you know, just I'm seeing things where some people are upset with the Haunted Mansion because of the, the idea of it being a plantation house. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and these are all things that, unfortunately, I'm sure had they been able to fix them back then and realize the problems, they would have maybe gone a different direction. But, uh, you know, it's what it is now, unfortunately. Yeah. I'm, I'm, okay, so I was like, you opened Pandora's box there. I just want to stay on track with Splash Mountain. Okay, okay, sorry, okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Because there's sorry, so okay, much okay, to okay. talk about with all those other things. But, um, sorry, sorry, okay, okay. Clo- closing the box for a future episode on that yeah. one. Okay, 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 okay. So those ideas are going back into the Disney vault. So. Yeah, Disney vault. All right, so let's shift the, the topic here to um, the change to Princess and the Frog. Um, so let me tell you my thoughts about it. I mean, um, the first thing is how I feel about Splash Mountain and the Song of the South characters being taken out of it and changed to anything else. Like it's, I'm totally fine with it because like I said before, like I've, like I've, I've done it, you know, like I experienced it. It, it's there. It's in my memories, (laughs) you know, I, and I really want to drive this home is that I it is a real point of contention to me the the outrage that the Disney fan community has when any theme park changes are announced. Everyone's entitled to their opinions and you could be sad that something you, that you love is going away. I'm not I don't have a problem with that. I just what happens is this cycle of I'm so angry. Uh, we're going to waste change.org petitions you know, that are used for fighting I'm canceling my annual pass. And then that, yes, I'm canceling my annual pass. I'm, I'm done with Disney. I'm done with all this, blah, blah, blah. A new attraction opens. 
Everybody loves it. <laughs> it just is so great. Blah, blah, blah. Rinse and repeat. It happens over and over again. <laughs> you know, I'll bring up Tower of Terror uh, in, in DCA. Yep. When I first heard they were changing it to Guardians of the Galaxy, I was like, I was like, well, that sucks. Because <laughs> I was just like, I like the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, but and even though DCA's Tower is an inferior version of the attraction to uh, Hollywood Studios, I just, you know, I live near Disneyland, so I just, <laughs> I, I wanted to be able to, I love the theme of Tower of Terror. I wanted to be able to experience it uh, whenever I wanted to. Um, but I was like, well, let's see what happens when uh, when the new attraction comes. And that was pretty much my take on it. But, um, you know, people were so upset and just so outraged. And then Guardians opened and everyone loves it. And now no one even talks about Tower of Terror anymore. Like, <laughs> you know, what, what's strange is that I actually prefer in California's version. I actually prefer the Guardians um, over the Twilight Zone one. Because obviously in Florida, I already have the better Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. Mm-hmm. And I actually think that the Guardians makes it a more fun experience based on what that ride does. Now, if you here's here's the nice thing is that if you really, really miss the DCA version of um, of uh, Tower of Terror, you could go to Disney Paris. And uh, I mean, obviously, that's a little more work, right. but it's it, it's an available option to you to experience that exact version again. Yeah, I, anyone that really misses that one over the Florida has, hasn't experienced Florida, but uh, but I mean, in, but in a lot of cases you you can't experience some of the stuff that's being taken away, um, and you know like do I think Mr. Toad should have been taken out of Magic Kingdom in case of Winnie the Pooh? Like me personally, no, but I still like going on Winnie the Pooh because I still think that's. A creepy ride inherently too <laughs> so i was just like and uh i don't know i mean just just that point itself like it shouldn't change because it needs to be the way that i love it is a weak argument you know the people like to always go back to what, what walt would say or do and the fact of the matter is is that walt which was driven home in this press release that disney released would want it to change <laughs> you know like so that's a weak argument uh, you could miss it. You could be sad that your favorite ride, if it is your favorite ride, is closing. All that. I think where the issue is... Uh, I'm still jumping ahead. <laughs> but let me finish my other thoughts about the change. The other thing is the change to Princess and the Frog. Um, I I think it, I just think it, I think it fits. You know, it, it wouldn't... It surprised me because Princess and the Frog... Uh, is you know is not really like a, a big smash hit, right? I mean, you know, like let's just be honest. Like it wasn't a box office success, and um, I would think that it kind of developed a little bit of a cult following uh, in its ten years since it's released. And you know, it has its fans for sure. It was their last traditional animated movie, from what I understand. Yeah, yeah, hand drawn. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. But I'm like, it works. And to your point, that the concept art was like, this is how it worked. I was like, I'm totally fine with it. I like thematically in, in Disneyland, it is, it'll stand as part of New Orleans Square. Totally fine. 
there's been an argument that it would not fit Magic Kingdom, and that argument can be extended to Splash Mountain, <laughs> which the, the subject matter of that film takes place in the southeast co- part of the country, and Frontierland is in the western hemisphere of the country, completely well, different part of the country. <laughs> but Magic Kingdom is a total mess. Like, if you go to Tomorrowland, you have, like, Stitch there. Which is fine, but you then you have the Monsters Inc. laugh floor. Yeah, you then you have yeah, the yeah, Carousel just... Progress. It's it's a mishmash. Um, before you go ahead, I want regarding reskins. I wanted to bring up the point of um, I feel like Disney has more pressure with this ride than any other reskin that they've done, and I'm in, I'm including like Maelstrom to Frozen Ever After, which uh, you know Frozen Ever After is what it is. It's nice. Uh, but Maelstrom was about the same um, mm-hmm. because um, when you thought of California Adventure, you probably didn't have Tower of Terror in your top five attractions there. When you thought of Epcot, you didn't think of Maelstrom in your top right. five they attractions. Were kinda, they were kind of second tier runs around. <laughs> but, but when you think of Magic Kingdom or Disneyland, or Disneyland, that's Splash Mountain for the bulk of people is in their top five rides. Um, or, you know, it's at the top or very near there. Um, so they have a lot of pressure to get this right more than they did with Guardians of the Galaxy or um, or uh, Maelstrom. Yeah, well, but to I will add this caveat: the thing about it is, if you just like the ride, like the thrill experience, of the Splash ride's Mountain, gonna be the same. You're still gonna have it, right? <laughs> like, as far as what they're saying, like, so what difference is it if it's you know, if it's, uh, you know, the prayer animals yeah. or, or Tiana and, and the alligator. I don't know. <laughs> or Lewis, right? I don't know. Lewis, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's probably the best IP to replace it, independent of the inclusive statement. <laughs> um, that I could think of, right? I, so, uh, well, I mentioned Moana earlier. As far yeah. as if you want to get like um, another female um, character um, that was not Caucasian, um, that that would also potentially work. And I, mm. and that could be you know Tokyo Disneyland's version, if because Princess and the Frog is not very popular over there. From everything I've read, it's just not a thing. But yeah, Moana's popular over there. So who knows? You know? Who knows? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I hadn't considered Moana before, but sure. But it just seems like he's like a great fit, um, in my opinion. <laughs> my, I think the, the only, the only, my only real issue is the fact that there are no mountains in the swamp of Louisiana. You know, so in, I almost think that they need to make the mountain look like a giant Mardi Gras float. Are there mountains in Atlanta, Georgia? <laughs> no, but it's New Orleans. No, but I'm talking about that's where Splash Mountain and is, is, or Song of the South oh. takes place. Uh, well, the, yeah, well, yeah, there's Stone Mountain, which is a Confederate monument, but we're going to not talk about that right now. Okay, I don't. I mean, it was a legitimate question. I wasn't. It wasn't rhetorical. Uh, but whatever. Uh, yeah. No, the, there are mountains in Atlanta and Georgia. Okay. Um, but yeah, but I mean that's the only thing that I could really think of is, uh, man, if they can make it look like a giant Mardi Gras float, would be freaking awesome. Be interesting. Was there? Well, besides what I've mentioned, why I like it, is there any or is there any other points that that you want to bring up why you do or do not like the idea of this 
change? No, 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 no. I, I, I think I think it's time um, for the change because ultimately I was thinking about like what did I like about what, what do I like about Splash Brown? Yes, I love the songs. So those songs I'll be able to listen to other places. They'll be around forever on YouTube or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ride experience will be the same. Yeah. So yeah, no, I was just I, that was, you continue on. I think I've said I'm good there. Okay, cool. <laughs> so I want to bring up um, uh, some of Tanisha's thoughts. Tanisha Burks being a creepy human contributor um, and the host of the Wicked Wizardry podcast, one of our new podcasts that will be returning soon. Um, but she uh, she just uh, she just kind of had a, a few. Uh, <laughs> bullet points that, that I'll just they're kind of all over the place but I'll bring up kind of interesting thoughts uh, she said I love the original Splash Mountain it will always hold nostalgia from my childhood it's like I never learned about or I've seen Song of the South until taking black studies classes in college and discovering how problematic it was after really realizing after realizing Splash was based on Song of the South I always thought it was a very odd that Disney would base a ride on the movie that they have vowed to never release again because it would mean the IP of the ride would be completely unrecognizable to younger generations of the Disney park goers. While I personally do not feel the ride itself is inherently racist, and the Imagineers did well to remove all specific reference to the plot of the movie, I think it is even more powerful for the first time ever that there will be a Disney attraction dedicated to a black character. What I enjoy about Splash Mountain the most is the flog, that's flog, <laughs> the log flume ride moving slowly through lively show scenes. I'm not particularly attached to Br'er Rabbit and, and company. I think this will extend New Orleans Square, which is my favorite land in Disneyland. What is and it's like? What does this mean for for Pooh and Hungry Bear and the lifespan of Critter, Critter Country? I'm really doing horrible reading. <laughs> it's like I would like for them to add a meet and greet area. For Tiana and Naveen, as well as a voodoo-themed area for Dr. Facilier and maybe even Madame Leota. I would love for Hungry Bear to turn into a, a Cajun-themed restaurant and the swamps and bayou of NOLA to, to expand New Orleans Square. And then she wrote, maybe in the long run, bring back the Country Bear show to replace Pooh Wishful Thinking. <laughs> and then she said happy oh we didn't mention this but yeah uh, tony baxter is consulting on this um this redo which he is not a uh full-time imagineer he just comes on as a consultant uh happy that baxter is on board with sharita carter as one of the leads on this project not only representation on the symbolic level with retheming but representation behind the scenes and on a leadership level as sharita carter is a black woman and also was the lead on um uh, runaway railway and the last thought here is that I have a theory that this idea was pitched a year ago and Disney sat at, sat on their hands with it with between Marvel Star Wars runaway projects it was not a priority and no real moves were made with the current social climate Disney decided to revisit the idea leak the images and tell them as a fans reimagining to see if there's support given the momentum that the petition Gain, Disney made a decision to announce the happening. I believe the quote-unquote work they've been doing since last year had just been Imagineers submitting concept art to be considered, but don't think the project was relit until very recently. So that was kind of an expansion of what you were saying. Especially with uh, the financial climate that we're in with everything being closed, it was kind of a surprise thing to announce a rehaul. <laughs> <laughs> right. You would think that it's, 
you'd be tightening the belt. They'd right? be like, <laughs> yeah, you'd be tightening the belt, not not loosening. Well, it could be all screens for all we know. It may not, they may not have oh, all the crazy God. animatronics. Who knows? Does that work with water rides? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, right. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, you've experienced, uh, of course, Shanghai's Pirates, which has a lot of screens, and that's in the water. Yep. So. <laughs> but um, all really, uh, one thing I want to circle back to, which is, which is uh, to kind of talk about for a sec, like, what does it mean for Pooh and Hungry Bear lifespan of Critter Country? Um, yeah, I'd kind of imagine that Critter Country would cease to exist. <laughs> You know, I don't know what that means for Pooh, uh, but Pooh, Pooh is like always a walk on in Disneyland. Like, yep. I, I again, I, I I enjoy going on it. I like Magic Kingdom a little bit better, but there's something really creepy about both of the rides. I mean, most people don't think that because they think of Winnie the Pooh, they think of lighthearted fun. But as a as being the creepy kingdom guy, um, <laughs> there's definitely. Uh, it's definitely a fun dark ride in in the history of you know of dark rides. Um, yeah, because over over, over Disneyland, it's kind of in a weird spot. You know, like, you're right. It's not like over here or in Tokyo where Pooh is like in the middle of Fantasyland. He's yeah. over in the corner that you know most people don't even realize it's there. Yeah, most people don't go there, and the people that are going there are going on Splash Mountain. And inherently, most of those that are going on Splash Mountain are not young children, so <laughs> they're not bringing young kids over there. And so, like, yeah, yeah it's always a walk-on, even on the most crowded mm-hmm. days. Uh, Hungry Bear as a food establishment is, like, whatever. Like, re-theming that would be awesome. It's like, who, who has attachment to that? I mean, I'm sure... Kiana has her own restaurant in the movie. That's the obvious way. Just right. turn it into Kiana's restaurant and then serve frog legs. <laughs> Among others. I mean, you know, Disneyland is a little experimental in its dishes, so uh, as opposed to Magic Kingdom. So, you know, who knows? But I don't know what that means for Pooh, you know? Like, uh, and I heard some thoughts around since this film, since the film, since the ride takes place after, and it says it's about, it, it, seems, it seems that the, there's a chance that the ride, the redo, will not have Dr. Facilier in it, which will be a. A major disappointment for, uh, for uh, all of us on this side of the fence. <laughs> but um, that, if I, I, somewhere in the rhetoric online, I saw, hey, uh, turn Pooh into a doctor facility, a dark ride. And I was like, oh, a plus to that one. <laughs> a full dark ride of Dr. Facilier. I don't know how popular it would be, but I would love it. <laughs> so I was like... <laughs> Well, well, my idea has been turn Pooh into a fox and the hound because that's also another southern type thing, a fox and the hound dark ride, and then you turn the shooting gallery into the old yellow shooting oh, gallery. All right, <laughs> Grant's <laughs> armchair Imagineering here. <laughs> but um, no, no, I, I'm actually convinced that Doctor Vassilier is going to be in the ride. There's no way. There's no way. I mean, that would that would be a huge miss. <laughs> no, no, I'm. Uh, I don't know if you're going to talk about what you think the ride is going to be, but by are you? Uh, is that a bullet point or? No, I'm not. I, I, I'm not. Okay, you, you could you could spit on that because I have no idea. <laughs> my 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 really quick thought would be that you would see um, like all of a sudden something 
um, like, you know, it would be like kind of happy and going through like the restaurant and all of, like Tiana's area and you'd see the characters. Then when you get around the bend right before the um, laughing place drop, you know, the kind of like down and up, mm-hmm. that's where you could see like that's where it kind of get dark and sinister and you're entering Facilier Swamp where it turns out he's been summoned back to life by his friends from the other side. And then you drop mm-hmm. into his area and then that whole area leading up to the big drop is nothing but Facilier. Um, oh, that and be like so good. his voodoo, you because okay, there like when you do the laughing place drop, you've got about a minute and a half of ride before you do the giant, um, before you do the drop, and that would be the perfect place for you to go through his swamp, and you know you could have the friends from the other side song, and then uh, it could you know as you're going up, there could be something about like you know do like battle going on between them, and you know, it could be going like. I don't know, like, if we'd be, like, ingredients in his potion dropping down, like, he was going to throw us into the, um, whatever they turned the briar patch into. But I am convinced that it's going to be a very happy beginning of the ride. And then the middle part's all going to be all facilier all the time. And then after the drop, it's going to be, like, the zippity-doo-dah scene is going to be, uh, dig a little deeper. Uh, they may even keep the showboat scene and have right. everybody, uh, have it be like a giant celebration, but I am convinced that we're going to get two minutes. So I mean, it just makes too much sense to me right there. Yeah, you, I, you I know, agree you drop, sure. you drop into, you drop into a swamp. That is the obvious way to do that. I totally agree. I think that'd be great. So I okay. mean, well, we'll see. I mean, Darian said we'll get we'll get back to you when we think this might open. On top of sure. you know, when are the theme parks even going to reopen? I mean, this is a twenty thirty seven. <laughs> I mean, this is this ain't happening. We're not going to be riding uh, through the swamps anytime soon. But <laughs> I mean, I would say like if I had to guess, this is easily a, a two to three years out <laughs> to like getting on the ride as a, as a. They're they're going to want to let people get their final rides in with the original version. You think so? You think Splash Mountain's going to reopen? I think it will. Yeah. Um, in fact, over here in Florida, it is actually scheduled to reopen. Oh, that's next, right. Yeah, I can forget that. Next, uh, <laughs> next Friday for the pass holders. So I think it is going to reopen, but I think it's only going. I think it's going to reopen, um, and it's going to keep running as well as it can until this pandemic is. Uh, where, where more people feel it's safe to go to the theme park, and then I think that's mm-hmm. when it's going to be. They're going to have like the farewell celebration. For like a month, uh, we'll see. <laughs> I guess that's to be. You know, you know, to oh, be so you you think that you think that it's not going to even reopen? Well, I did think that until I didn't really think about the fact that it's that it's scheduled to reopen to Magic Kingdom. I feel like Disneyland isn't though. I could be wrong, but <laughs> I just feel like the timing of this announcement was just really strange. <laughs> just, oh, <laughs> and, and that's made me wonder as to what scale and budget they are going to do for this thing. As far as if it's going to be more animatronics or more screens or a pretty healthy version of both, you know, like, you know, like how how intricate is this layover going to be? Is this going to be a thing where they it goes down for six months or is this going to be a thing where it goes down for two years? Yeah, that's yeah, I don't know. That's why that's why I'm just my my ballpark just based on nothing but my guess is that it's a two to three years till till we till we're able to get on this ride that mixed with you know, quarantine pandemic life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, um, 
But I don't know. I mean, you know, we that those details will will materialize as time goes on for sure. But to uh, to kind of wrap up uh, this topic, uh, I did want to go back to uh, you must remember this podcast because uh, out of their six episodes <laughs> that they released, they had one particularly on Splash Mountain. And leading up to that episode, I was kind of like my 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 thoughts were like. Oh, like I was like, I can't find anything racist in Splash Mountain, you know. Like they took it all out, you know. Like <laughs> besides my little, you know, uncomfortable knowing where the source material is. Um, and and I, I kind of looked at that as a positive thing, but after listening to the podcast, the other perspective of it is, it's not a positive thing because it's an acknowledgement that the film itself. Is you know is problematic for lack of a better phrase you know like yeah <laughs> it's like wow I never really thought about it that way uh, and and one of the things that she points out which is very strange um, which is was one of those f- uncomfortable feelings I got is in the queue that has all these quotes from Uncle Remus <laughs> you know like yeah saying like things were better I, I don't remember I'm not going to remember but things were better you know when the the folks were closer to the critters and blah, blah, blah. Essentially saying things were better back when the subtext is things were better back when blacks were subservient to whites. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's an odd, it's an odd statement out of context in the queue because it doesn't say who said it. <laughs> it's, it's kind of like, just like these floating quotes to set the, the scene for the ride. It's really weird. I wonder if those quotes are going to get taken down if the ride does reopen for a little while before and if they're going to take down those signs. We'll see. And the other thing, too, here is they, they had the wherewith. They're like, we're going to do this and we're going to have the tar baby scene. You know, but we're going to change yeah. it to a pot of honey. <laughs> So he sounded Winnie the Pooh, right? <laughs> I mean, he could have just like uh, not included that scene at all, but they, you know they had the wherewithal to do that. It was, uh, but essentially, what they did was by taking everything racist out of it, <laughs> they took any signs of uh, of, uh, of the of of black culture out of it or Disney's 1940 interpretation of black culture, which the source material is from black people. So it's kind of like, it just, it's just overall, I was like, Oh man, like that just leaves a bad taste in your mouth when you look at it that way, you know? (laughs) And I, I hadn't considered that until listening to uh, to the podcast. So I, I definitely, uh, I definitely agree with that assessment. <laughs> it's, it is something that only once you give thought it will happen because on its surface, Splash Mountain, the ride, and even the movie Saga of the South minus the tar baby scene is, is there's, you know, it's just fun. It doesn't seem offensive, <laughs> but the, the deep subtext of all of this is so harmful. And I think that it's a product and you back to what you were saying, how did this come to be and all this stuff? It's a product of irresponsible storytelling. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and, and, and it's been carried over f- up until now in this particular instance. And like they said, like we really want to do Song of the South, we'll hire a black director, or you know, get right. get an actual. You know, if you really feel like the story is worth telling, you know, go all in and and 
and do it from their uh, do it from somebody else's perspective, not from your perspective, you know, from a white person's perspective. Right. Perspective. That's something really important here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's like um, <laughs> it's like there's a lot of people that are upset that this is happening. So as we round home on this podcast here, um, something that has been very interesting with this announcement is that the fan community is completely split. And there's people that are very happy that this is happening. And there's people that are angry. There's people that are sad, but there are people that are legitimately angry because they're seeing this as a product of cancel culture and that people are too sensitive and just get over it because it didn't offend me. So obviously that means it's fine for everybody else. And that's those people are not seeing other people's perspective. Like I could see people just legitimately being sad because they like to go on it. And I'm not speak, I'm not referring to those people. <laughs> I'm referring to those that are angry about the change and that think that this is a a a product of cancel culture a product of this push for equality that corporations have started to <laughs> enact in the past month and a half due to the centuries of injustices of people of color in this country <laughs> it's another uh, soapbox but uh it's def- there's definitely a corporate reaction as that's happening that we're seeing all over the place. And, and they're saying like, you're taking what I love and I'm not, I'm not going to do a dumb voice. Sorry. <laughs> but as you're taking what I love and you're stripping it away because people are too sensitive, you know? And it's like, that's just, it's just a selfish mentality. Like, and here's me. I am a black man saying, like, I get it. I loved Splash Mountain. I, I listed all the reasons that I love it. And I never was offended writing it. <laughs> you know, but if someone else is offended by it, and then the consensus is that it's not worth presenting that depiction or offending anyone or demeaning anyone just for enter- entertainment's sake, then it's time to move on. <laughs> You know, and, and, and that's what's really frustrating me about uh, this online argument that's going on. Are you there? Yeah, no, I, I oh, I'm completely. Uh, no, I'm. I don't completely, know if I lost I'm, you. Sorry. I'm just, <laughs> no, no, I, I'm, I'm, no, I'm listening to to you on your soapbox. You are handling your soapbox very well, Thank you. and it is, <laughs> it, it is a very beautiful. Um, no, I really, you know, it's, it's it's hard because it's hard for me um, as a white person because it's like. A lot of times um, with this kind of stuff, I feel like I'm kind of on, I have to walk on eggshells a little bit because it's like I don't want to say the wrong thing or give a wrong lens, but it's completely true. You know, everything you say is is true. You know, and you're, you know you're pointing this out through your perspective, which is different than what my perspective would be. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I'm sorry, there's <laughs> so many other little things, and obviously you're saying that that's a whole different thing, but like really quick just like the natives um in the peter pan ride yeah uh, the caricatures of that you know it's like well that uh, as a kid that may not have bothered me or i don't know if it bothered you as a child before you understood all these things but it definitely i'm sure it bothered people who 
word that we're descended that way uh, or we're just uh, are descended or are actual 100% natives or have some blood in them. You know, I'm not, you know, it's, it's a thing where just because you can't understand, it doesn't mean that other people don't. Right. That's, it's a perspective. Yeah. That's, that's, that's something I'm really driving home. It's something that I wrote about when I made my statement about, um, you know, equality and us moving forward as, as people and, and, and everything is that you have, Try to consider someone else's perspective other than your own. You know, your feelings are valid. I'm not like any, whatever you feel, I'm not saying you're wrong or right for how you feel, but just try to consider someone else's perspective, you know, and maybe you'll see, okay, I could be sad. Not my, but a person can be sad that Splash Mountain is closing. (laughs) Uh, because I love to go on it. I have fond memories. Every, pretty much everything I said about the ride, <laughs> they could be sad about all that. But say like, well, it's time to have a, you know, it's time to consider other people's perspectives. You know, it's, I mean, the, it's been open for 30 years. And I, it, mostly speaking, the lifespan of all the people that are upset about it. You know, I, mean, I don't think there's too many people older than me that go on thrill rides at theme parks you know, like, on a regular basis. So we're talking about people that have had a lifetime to enjoy this attraction and, you know, just, you know, put it in your memories and move on to the next thing. You know, like, you know, and, and, you know, just as a point, because something's been made official. If you are somebody who is just like super in love with the whole Br'er Bear and Br'er Rabbit thing, and you absolutely love that, you know, it'll still be around for a couple of years in Tokyo, at least, you know, like if you're really like, oh, my God, I can't do without these characters. You know, it's not like it's not going to be there. But right. I say, you know what? Give these Imagineers a chance. They have a tremendous deal amount of pressure on them. And, you know, they're going to do a great job with this. Right. I'm going to I'm going to call BS on 99 percent of the people that they're say they're attached to those characters. <laughs> I, I'll, oh, yeah. I'll say one percent are like maybe they're super stoked on those characters. <laughs> but I'm gonna... Oh, I completely. Well, uh, really quick, I, I wanted to bring this uh, bring up the point of do you think that these characters are going to exist in any format in the parks anymore? Because there are walk-around characters of the Brers. There is uh, over here at a good neighbor hotel at Disney. I forget what it is. It's like a, it's a, it's like a Hyatt or something. Um, they have a little character breakfast. That's the Brer characters. Hmm. And in in the Disney parks, they regularly play. You know, zippity doodah on the carousel when you enter the park. Um, in Frontierland, they play like a harmonica. Do you think that they're going to get rid of all these aspects? altogether or do you think that there's going to be um hints of that i think it'd be gradual i think like walk around characters and merchandise i mean that's pretty easily removed (laughs) um so i I think i think we'll see that happen as far as the (laughs) many depictions of zippity doodah you know i i think i I don't think that's going to be an overnight thing (laughs) but I, i do i think just generally speaking that they're going to they're going to try to separate themselves from it and what's interesting yeah and to close this out here uh and going back to the you must remember this podcast the the very last line of the podcast when it ended like blew my mind it it, it summarized the whole issue at hand like it blew my mind so much that i was 
walking around doing something. I, I took a seat <laughs> because I was just which like, was. This podcast was produced fabulously. By... No, no, not that. I meant the line of the actual content, not the credits. Yeah. <laughs> uh, essentially, uh, what it, it what it was saying, the line <laughs> was um, that with Splash Mountain as a prime example, amongst various other things, they're able to let Song of the South exist and live on to people that. That 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 are fans of it and want it to exist without having to deal with the backlash of the people that would be offended by it, and so essentially they're they're able to they're able to give a wink to one side and pretend something else isn't going on on the other side, <laughs> you know. And the last line is saying. It was is that Disney is saying there's very good customers on both sides, which is meaning the people that want that song is out to come back or, or they're fans of it or want it, you know, want to live on, you know, they want their money as much as they want the money of the people that would be offended by it. So they're essentially trying, and, and again, this is 30 years now and they're correcting those wrongs. Essentially, they were trying to have the best of both worlds. Now, do I agree that this has been a, a malicious plan of attack that Disney formulated? Uh, no, <laughs> but I think that is I think that's what ended up happening, you know, is that they did get the best of both worlds. <laughs> and so it's it's very interesting because I'm, I'm very, very fond of that period of theme park development, the Eisner early years. Uh, Tony Baxter's work. Huge fan of it. <laughs> so, uh, uh, I, I, you know, maybe there's a part of me that just doesn't want to think that malicious intent was it was there. <laughs> but either way, that's I, you know, that's my two cents and Grant's two cents as well on this. Um, we'll see as it goes. You know, I, I don't think the rhetoric is going to die down on it. I mean, la- I saw a few days ago that there is a change.org petition to keep Splash Mountain as it is that has 61,000 signatures on it. <laughs> um, I want to point out, though, that, you know, people can make a change.org p- petition for anything oh obvious clearly (laughs) (laughs) you know i mean like um oh i'm trying to think but it was like i had one that was like um i i I made one saying like get tommy wiseau to play some character in some movie like in some remake that i thought was like hysterical and i got like 300 signatures on it just something stupid like that like i think people just sign everything well, I mean, I, I, I know those type of things exist, right? But, and then again, you got 300 signatures. But the, the fact that 61,000 people signed oh. a petition to keep Splash Mountain as it is, like, this is not important, like, in, in, the, in no. the spectrum of, like, the problems in the world. <laughs> you know? how, many, now, how, many people, how many people do you think don't understand that the ride is going to still be the same. How many people do you think are, um, 
are hearing, you know, crazy headlines that make it sound like the riot is being demolished and that it's going to be something completely, di- completely different. You know, there's a lot of clickbait out there. Oh, there is. And there's, uh, there's some certain websites that uh, is producing really poor journalism. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm not going to name names. You can figure it out. Yeah. Uh, and, or, AKA clickbait. And just teetering up people to leave the most horrible <laughs> comments <laughs> Just showing the worst side of humanity in the comment sections of these posts. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> you know, and uh, I don't know what the answer to all this is yet. Like, I doubt any of those people are listening to this podcast, or if they have made it this far. <laughs> so uh, I will say this though. Well. I'm very, and I, I'm sure it's not 100. percent I'm sure there's some people listening that don't want Splash Mountain to change. But when we posted the press release about the change, um, I over like overwhelmingly positive reception from the Creepy Kingdom followers. <laughs> like I would say, 99.9 percent of any type of statement that was made about it was positive on creepy kingdom social media channels. So that warms my heart again, that the people in our little nook and corner (laughs) are accept change are happy about what's happening and are not coming at this from an angry point of view in a, in a selfish perspective. I'll say that. (laughs) And that's pretty much how I've heard from pretty much everybody. And, you know, the funny thing is, is that there are people that I worked with that that told me, oh, my God, did you know that they're tearing down Splash Mountain and that they're um, putting in a princess in the frog ride? And they're they're excited for that. But they thought that, oh, well, that meant that Splash Mountain was going down. Mm-hmm. And it's not. But, you know, the thing is, is so much of these clickbaity type headlines, I wouldn't be surprised if out of those 61,000 signatures – if, uh, if, if at least half of them were just people who were uninformed because they saw a headline on Facebook. Well, let's hope so, Grant. <laughs> I think it's gonna, I think it's going to be well, and I think that they need to follow. Uh, if anybody from Disney is listening to this, let James and I deal with the facilier part. We will make this awesome. <laughs> yeah. Or you know, just let James do it. Let you know what. I'm white. I'll stay out of this, James. You got this. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no you, you had some great ideas, Grant. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, officially speaking. Um, <laughs> no, I just I don't even want to. I was like, I I just want to experience it. You know, like, I I I don't. You know what I'm saying? Like I. I I like being a fan when it comes to theme park stuff. I, I don't work in the theme park industry. You know. Uh, I like covering theme park stuff and I like experiencing it firsthand. So that, that's, that's, that's my take on it. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, no, do I like it? I love it. It is my passion. It is, it is, 
it is, it is what I think about most of the time. <laughs> it's what I spend it many hours watching YouTube. That we haven't videos. been able to go to one. Yeah, yeah. It's sad that we haven't been able to go to one for four months. You know, <laughs> it is sad, but you know, I, I, I'm, there's bigger problems in my life. You know, oh, it's, it's oh, what, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, yeah. Oh, wholeheartedly. But I'm just saying as, as fans, it's hard. It's hard to not have the things that you're used to. Yeah, I know, and, and so for some, it's like you know ah, they don't live near theme parks, so they don't matter. But you know, I live six miles from Disneyland, so <laughs> you know it's just sitting there dormant in my backyard on annual passes that hopefully they're not charging me when the <laughs> no, they're not charging. But anyways, <laughs> the, the annual passes are the most valuable things in the world that have no value. Right. <laughs> anyways, I'm gonna wrap it up. If um. You know, if if any listeners want to chime in on this topic, you know, uh, you can send us shoot us an email, creepykingdom at gmail dot com. We could revisit this. We can keep this going uh, to share thoughts and stuff on this. Obviously, we had a lot to say about it as we as we were nearing up two hours, but that seems to be a typical length for Grant and I uh, talking on <laughs> a podcast. <laughs> oh, and if you're if you're writing in, you know, like. Be honest. If you are one of those people who absolutely loves the Br'er Rabbit stories, please be honest about that. Like, I, I think we oh, like sure. listening to things from all sides, but uh, you know, we don't want to get some stupid email where it's just basically calling us, you know, idiots or uh, this bad, this good. You know, like, you know, like as long as you know you formulate your opinions, you know, it's like, um, yeah, I'm going to be honest. When I first heard the Princess and the Frog redo, I was a little in, you know little nervous about it because splash is one of my favorite rides and then it's like you know the more i thought about it the more i kind of read people's comments the more my opinions kind of kind of like helped kind of be molded a little bit so you know i'm i think we're all up for listening to other perspectives that's how we grow as people oh yeah 100 percent. i mean generally speaking i will say that uh our content doesn't really attract trolls <laughs> uh, yeah you know knock on wood uh you know occasionally it happens uh, for sure, uh, but, but uh, that, leave some positive fa- oh, leave some positive podcast reviews, please, people. Yeah, the trolls uh, in our podcast reviews <laughs> yeah. uh, dislike some segments of our programming here. But um, you know, whatever. I, I just I'll I'll concur with what you're saying. Yeah, we're not asking you to just send opinions that are same as ours. I just want to, I want to know what our listeners feel about this and whether, and, and no matter what it is, uh, what side of the fence you fall on. And maybe there's a, an aspect to this that of what I said, that's not being considered about the anger <laughs> element of it. That's, that's being put out there. Cause that's, that's just one area where I have just, I had to take out a stand there. I understand people being sad because if they liked it, I understand that the racist elements of it did not uh, 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 occur to them or impact them or affect them, but I challenge you to say, consider someone else's perspective. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and then maybe you could swallow the pill a little more because it's happening. No matter what change.org signatures <laughs> goes out there, it's happening. They've announced it. And most things they announce come to be. <laughs> I'm not going to yeah. say them all. All right, let's wrap this up. So, uh, any last any last thoughts, words? Uh, this is going to be great, and I really, really, really hope that this is more uh, that they continue with the theme of animatronics, and that the longer that the ride is shut down, that's actually probably a better thing because that means that there's going to be more work done to it. 
All right, yeah, we can't wait for the full fleshed out and Princess and the Frog Mountain, whatever it's going to be called. <laughs> Please give us at least two minutes of Facilio. In fact, I'd, I'd be okay if you guys went, uh, if Disney went all uh, Snow White scary adventures where you see Snow White, like you see Tiana for a second. Yeah, you see her once. Yeah, it's all <laughs> well, but you know what? Hold on. Well, you know, the thing is, though, well, what we do. Oh, and I another point really quick is that they're giving a um, black. Uh, a, a black person, arguably the biggest ride at any of the parks. Like the, one of the rides that has the biggest footprints and and, and length, and it's going to that. Most. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and, like, uh, I mean, Pirates is longer, obviously, but for the most part, it's pre- Slash Mountain's pretty long. And at, and at the Magic Kingdom, that Tiana's going to be the only person with her own ride. Oh, the only princess. Yeah, you brought that up in a conversation one time. I forgot about that. Yeah. All right. Well, until next time. All right, guys, keep it creepy. This podcast has been a production of the Creepy Kingdom Podcast Network. Executive produced by James H. Carter II and Ryan Grulick. Visit creepykingdom.com to get access to all of our articles, videos, and podcasts. Join our Patreon for exclusive content. Patreon.com slash creepykingdom. Until next time, this is Hannah reminding you to keep it creepy. (laughs) 